Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Later this hour, the uh, owner of the uh, Timberwolves and the Star Tribune, Glenn Taylor, returns the show. I've had a chance to uh, chat with Glenn a number of times over the year, but it's been a minute. So looking forward to that conversation. So... Uh, last week, I was at a hoity-toity party, and uh, la-di-da, good for me. And I stumbled into a conversation where there were three or four couples, and they were bragging up some chef. And they were talking about this chef, and they said, this individual will come to your place. I'm thinking, well, right, right, you know, he's based here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. No, based in New York. And we'll come to your place and we'll make some of the best food you've ever had. And I thought, oh, that's great. But then they started telling me about some of the unusual foods. And I was like, wait a second. This sounds awful. And they said, you should have this individual on the show. And so I decided, let's try. So uh, Paco Paquel. I've never talked to Paco before. Paco is here. And uh, you can check out a lot of the info on uh, chef.com. Paco, uh, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. How are you doing this afternoon? It's actually, it's actually takeachef.com. That's where you find me and all of the other chefs that will take you out to your house for dinner. So takeachef.com. Take, thank you for having me. Okay, takeachef.com. Okay, I apologize for that. Take. Chef.com. This is all new to me. This is all new. Um, okay, so there's a lot of great chefs, and um, lucky enough to have one in the family. But I mean, these people were just going on and on about you, Paco. What? What's your deal? Why are you so unique? Thank you, and thank them for the for the business because you know this all came about during um, the COVID when people weren't going anywhere. We came to them. And it just took off like crazy, like wildfire. And this is what we did. We went out and we met people and we brought our food to them. And I think your people, I'm not going to say their names because uh, this private confidentiality, of course, but I believe what they were looking for was a unique experience that they could give to their friends. 
And this was by far the best gift they could do is to hire me. And it was wonderful, and the food was beautiful, and they enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it. And I first time I've ever been to Minnesota. What did you think? It was worth it. Was worth it. I wish there was some snow. You know, that that was what I was looking for when I landed, when they flew over the top of that cemetery in, over there. And they, they, they come in, uh, you could see all of those grave sites, which yeah. is kind of disheartening when you're flying into an airport, if you can yeah. catch, know what I'm saying. But I was... We're, we're honoring veterans, uh, Paco, at uh, Fort Snelling. God bless them. God bless yep. the United States of America Thank and all you. servicemen and women. Yep. And uh, the, uh, also the meteorologists, bless them for the snow they could, provo- they could predict. That's, that's what I was inter- interested in. Yeah, uh, we're enjoying without it, but I get it. I get it. Uh, tell people where you're based, by the way. Same here in New York City. There's not a lot of snow. There's some cold, and uh, you know it's it it's different, but it's beautiful because we're in America. So if uh, if one of our listeners is thinking, okay, I'm I'm listening, give me an example of a, an item or two that you might be willing to serve at uh, at either their holiday party or you know, early in January, a birthday party, whatever it might be, just so we get a feel for why these folks are just raving about you. Well, I think they really enjoyed my spaghetti jello And that was something I came up with, again, during the COVID, to okay. create something that was can I, so- sweet and savory. Can I jump but, in? But can, yet, I, can I just jump in right away? Yes. I'm here. Sounds horrendous. spaghetti Jello. Yes, Ugh. it is. It, it you you think you hate it now? Wait till you try it. It is probably one of my best rev- next right next to the uh, uh, the cornbread sardine sliders. That that's like number two on the list, right? For the two that they that people ask for the most when I come because it's unique. They've never had this, right? And so they they finally get a chance to try something exotic from a chef from New York City, and it, the reviews have been beautiful. Also. Uh, on that oh, recipe, oh, I'm just trying to take uh, a cornbread sardine sliders. Oh, it, it, you've never had uh, sardine. It, it's an Italian no. uh, specialty. Ugh. If you've never had, if you've never had, some people call them smelt, right? But uh, the, the the main the main idea is the sardines, a little bit smaller. That's why I use them in there. But Italians use smelt, use sardines in a lot of our cooking anchovies. This is something that that I prepare too because I believe in it and it's from my my history. But I took a spin, right? I took the spin on it, like with the anchovies. Sure. I put those zoodles. You ever have the zoodles? Uh, I'm not sure. What are zoodles? Zoodles? They're they're noodles made out of zucchini. Well, that I mean, I got to be honest. Uh, among all the items you've suggested so far, that that seems like something I would maybe try. It's beautiful. It's wonderful with the anchovies, the zoodles. It's a salad. It's very light. It's uh, it's good, healthy. It's a very good, very good protein in it. 
and uh, people tend to love it just as much. I'm telling you, you need to try it. It's the spaghetti o jello. It's, it's regular jello, and it's mixed with that spaghetti o. And then for those that like it, uh, we put a little hot dog in there too at the bottom. Oh. But not many people like the hot dogs, so we don't do it for everyone. But I always ask, do you like the hot dogs? Uh, I mean, on the, all these items. Now, I haven't had SpaghettiOs in a long time. i got to be honest. Uh, Jello, fine. Hot dogs, you know. You don't put ketchup on your hot dogs, do you, Paco, by any chance? No, for me, strictly mustard. Thank That's you. It. Thank you. Paco. Uh, You're welcome. Uh Paquel, I'm, I'm getting a couple, like it's a couple of, you know, to be honest, one of the friends from this hoity-toity party is listening, and I'm trying to get, how do I properly say your last name, Paco? Pasquel. Oh, Pasquel. I, Pasquel. I, I, I have this told her wrong. Yes. I so apologize. Okay. Do you allow individuals where you're going to their restaurant, their homes, excuse me, can they come up with some of these ideas, or is it all you? Well, look, you know, I'm the chef, right? So yeah. they expect me to, to bring them what I do, okay? And you know what I do. They know what I do. But they don't know. They've never tried it, okay? So I don't insult people. It's not insulting to me either if they say, look, you know, we got little Johnny over here, and he only likes to eat the kale. You know, the, you know? I don't care. That's good. I can do that. I love to know about the people. But I also love to know that everybody that's never even tried my food, that tries it for the first time in my presence, they love it. They love it. They, they take it. They eat it. Some of them put mustard on it, and they eat it, right? And uh, it's okay. I don't mind condiments on things. You know, I'm not the type of guy that if you push, put, a, put a steak out there and they, they put sauce on it, I'm not going to care. It's you. You eat it, right? But the more important thing is here is that it's, it's unique. It's different, and of course, you know, like your friends at that party, it was like the party favor. You know, I come into town, I bring my pots and pans into their home, and I cook, and I do all this for them. And it makes them feel good to watch and be part of it and have some socializing with the cocktails and this. I don't do any of the cocktails. You know, that's all on you. You get creative okay. there. I don't do that because it's just too much, you know. I do I, I do everything I, I do everything ATR. That's what I always say. It's with with Paco. It's ATR, what? and that's that stands for above the rest. Okay, ATR. I didn't know Paco, that. Paco ATR. Chris, have you ever above heard this ATR above the rest? Never. I I learned something new. I'm so like happy. Uh, uh, one of our uh, textures, by the way, we can accept uh, a text for uh, Paco here. Uh, says, does the chef still serve the Long Island clams with beets and Cool Whip? Does that ring a bell? Long Island clams with beets yes. and Cool Whip. Yes. these, But they, they left out one minor thing, but that's pickled beets because we, we don't just use right beets. you got to pickle those so they give a nice, a nice crisp bite, and uh, it goes just beautifully, just beautifully with the cream. I don't see how any of these items, Paco, go together. Clams, beets, and Cool Whip. How do you come up with this concoction? This is experimentation. I've done it. Once you find that palate, you know. 
You know, Chad, that salty sweet is what everybody desires when they're eating these meals. They love a, they love the salty sweet. That's why that's number one. The the salty sweet in the popcorn and all these areas, all the food that that's big, right? And so I'd like to do so. You know, like like the deviled eggs. Yes. You know, I also use spaghettios inside of those because again, there's that salty. And there's this richness that comes from the deviled eggs that goes right in, and, and it's delicious. Uh, uh, one, also, I don't know if if you're a vegan, vegetarian. I'm not. I, you, I, I, sh- I should dabble you, more. You eat all kinds of meats? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm, because one I, don't, I don't love SpaghettiOs apparently as much as you. You have a... You have a strong inclination for spaghetti. This is easy to put in with these. This is easy. It's easy. It brings everybody back nostalgically to their youth. Okay, that's what I believe it does. It makes them feel good. And everyone, again, when they try it in my presence, they love it. They just can't. They just love it. Now, I make a lot of food. Many people, many people have just one bite because there's twelve, fourteen courses that I'm making. Right. So it's a lot uh, of food. The other. That is a lot of food, and uh, I, I, I know that, this, and so we do small portions. That's, that's the way to do this, small portions, and it helps everybody kind of finger food and eat as I'm cooking and cooking, and I eat, and I have a drink, and someone tells a story, and then I you know, start the, uh, the pork jowls, the hog jowls. We get those going. We serve those slightly undercooked, and they are another thing that people don't know, the cheeks of the hog. Are you familiar it's like um, it's like a delicacy, and you undercook them just a little bit. There, you know, so they're not undercook them dry. Oh. and the jowls are just beautiful. You know, I think I think I made a shared with producer uh, one of my other recipes for Thanksgiving. Uh, that was the tomato juice soaked turkeys. Uh, is that have you have? Is this sounding familiar? Or is this another show? No, um, uh, Chris did mention that. And that was where he had to step away from the phone briefly. Um, so the turkey, the turkey soaks in a tomato juice for two days. Then we stuff it with Fermenta cheese. And then we soak it, all of that, in a plum wine for about, I don't know, it was like six, seven hours. You know, it depends on when I get it in the, get it in the, in the oven. What happened to but just brining happens, it? I mean, you, you, have you given up in just the normal? That's what we're doing. That is what we're doing. It, we do that. That is that is a key to having any turkey that's that's you know not dry as a bone like Grandma used to make. Right? This is brining, and you use tomato juice first, and then that's the acidicness that you need to break down that turkey a bit. You put the cheese in there, and then with the with the plum wine, this brings it all together. Again, the salty and the sweet, it just, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful meal. Uh, I'd love to make it for you sometime. Um, come I'll to pass. you or, or maybe even just send a, send a care no. package of, of some of these no. uh, that you could try. I've enjoyed the conversation, but I, I um, how can I say that? I don't want to try any of these items. Are you are you saying that it doesn't sound appetizing, or are yes. you saying that uh, that that you you want some more, some other kind of sophistication? I um I normally am not this um, blunt to uh, guests who have never talked to me. They sound dreadful. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe for some people, but right. you know, like maybe I'm not adventurous like, enough. 
that's it. Just open your yeah. mind up a little bit. Let I've, been, go. I've been told let, that many let, times. Let Paco, I've been told let I'm loose. way too stubborn many, many times in my life. This might be so. So it's takeashef.com, Paco Pasquale, and items, food items together that I never could envision. But again, I was at this fancy party at uh, the Four Seasons, and these folks were raving about you. So who am I to cast aspersions? Yeah, very good. I, you know, I, I love that. Uh, Four Seasons. I've been there. That's where I learned about the bologna cake. Uh, oh. That was one that that I've stole from the from the Four Seasons. I've you eaten at the Four Seasons. I got to be honest, Paco. I've, 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 I might be even going to the Four Seasons soon. I've never witnessed bologna cake on there. That is it again. It's a it's a wonderful dish. I don't I don't make things up and then try to claim everything. This is yep. from the Four Seasons. Okay. It's bologna. It layers with uh, with cream cheese and Worcestershire sauce and bologna, obviously because it's in the sure. name. Yeah. And and then and then there's some fondant, some cake fondant to cover it. Uh, again, it's it's creamy. It's uh, salty. It's delicious. Very delicious. I'll Paco, make it for you. I love it. I, I love it. I um I don't mean that. I was just trying to end the interview. Um, you were at a holiday party. I appreciate you stepping away. Thank you so much. Have a merry Christmas. And we're getting texts. People saying they'd love to have your food. So you're going to get a number request. Wonderful. Yeah, I love it. I'll come back to Minnesota. Book a few in the same week. I'll be here all week. Okay, folks. Beautiful. Thank you, Paco Pasquale. Food items. I want no part of. I uh, I listen to the uh, friends of mine. I think they're nuts. Maybe other people have different views. If you want to react to some of those recipes, or maybe some bizarre recipe that you have, food items, which for some reason for you go together, where most of us would just say no. I would just say ketchup on anything for me would be an example of something does not work. Uh, text away or call whatever you like to do. I'm not sure one texter agrees, Chris, because one texter just texts me, you're an idiot. No, that that could cover a lot of items. Because you didn't like some of the recipes? I mean, I don't don't know. They were obscure. I'm very curious. I would try the uh, spaghetti, what, the SpaghettiO and deviled eggs? Yes. Instead of having the eggs in the devil eggs, he has SpaghettiOs in there. How about the SpaghettiOs uh, with the Jello? Uh, I'd have to take a hard pass on that. I have to dip my toe into the SpaghettiO realm. Yeah, I would need to visit the dispensary for quite a quite a while. I think to try many of these. I mean, the the. the the tomato brining with the wine, and what was what was the was cheese with cheese? Yeah, like a fondue. But see, when he told me that, I thought it was. I wasn't sure how you would react to it, so I didn't necessarily bring it your way. And what you know, I could tell as the interview kind of went along. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it to. I didn't want to bring it to your attention. There are folks who are saying hog jowls are genuinely good. Have you ever had hog jowls? That sounds like something I'd see on a website I don't want to visit, so no. <laughs> or or if you visited, not here at WCCO Radio. <laughs> oh, hogs. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of something different. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you were. Uh, Chad, I know you don't like ketchup or mayonnaise, but I love a fried egg sandwich. 
with cheese, ketchup, and mayo to die for. I'd rather die than have that. I mean, honestly. I like it without the ketchup. I can do the mayonnaise on it. Oh, God, please. Now, I do have a buddy of mine, Billy Watson, Hobie Baker Award winner. I saw my father here. Uh, Mr. Northland, Billy, who, who runs Northland, basically. He puts ketchup and mayo on his hot dogs. Okay. Any, any, no, not okay. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I'm still friends with him, and I can't believe I am. He's just a wonderful human being. But ketchup and mayo on a hot dog? Who hurt him? I mean, it's like Popeye needs a spinach. That's probably oh, why he won the Hobie Baker. Oh God, just you got to be kidding me. Why ruin a delicious fried egg sandwich with ketchup and mayo, salsa, guac? Endless items out there, but do not ruin it with that. We have a, a number of other texts, but we got to get going here because we're going to chat with Glenn Taylor. Uh, in the news today on significant charitable giving, uh, Glenn has had a very successful career as an entrepreneur, uh, but also his, uh, his basketball team is playing better basketball record-wise than they ever have in the, in the, the existence of the franchise. They're in Philly tonight. Another great test with Joel Embiid, who's as good as any player in the game. So, Glenn, on charitable giving, the Wolves, the NBA, a lot coming up with Mr. Taylor in moments on CCO. Uh, the Timberwolves are off to a great start. They're as good as any team in the NBA right now. In fact, you can make the argument they are the best team in the NBA. Back in action tonight in Philly. Against another very good team, Joel Embiid and the Sixers, and then home tomorrow to the Los Angeles Lakers. The man who owns this team is Glenn Taylor, also owns the Star Tribune, and obviously has had a great deal of success in numerous businesses throughout his very successful, lucrative career. And Glenn is kind enough to join us, like all of our guests, on the uh, John Schuster Coldwell Blanker Hotline. Glenn, always a pleasure for pure enjoyment of uh, a regular season. The playoffs are different, but for pure enjoyment, how does this start compared to any of the other years where you've owned the Wolves? Got to be right up there in the top two or three. <laughs> you know, from there, there maybe was a year or two there that when Kevin uh, KG was uh, on the team and we had that group together, it was awful exciting watching them um, I think, you know, we had really high expectations of them and they delivered, I think with these guys, um, last year we had high expectations, but, uh, because of injuries and et cetera, they didn't, but this year, boy, they came out of the beginning with a bang and, and have so far through a quarter of the season, uh, just been terrific. Over the years, you've had very good relationships with uh, players, head coaches, general managers. How would you describe the relationship you have right now with Tim Conley, Chris Finch, and uh, the players on this team? How is it different or the same compared to other teams since you took over this team in the in the mid-'90s? No, you're correct in that I've always tried to establish uh, uh, more than just a coach or a general manager, but a personal friendship, get to know people and stuff like that. So I would just tell you, I have a very good relationship with both the coach and Tim, the assistant coaches, 
but it's very similar to other people. I still, uh, Dwayne Casey, that's been quite a few years, he still contacts me, you know, the founders, uh, still young man, still contacts me and stuff like that. So people who have coached here and we built a relationship, I have kept even after they moved on. And similar here that I think we're still, they've been here long enough. We've established some really close relationships and I really enjoy it. Well, with Ryan Saunders and Dwayne Casey, we both know them well. You can't get two better people. In all sincerity, those are two of my absolute favorites that I've met. So that's that's great to hear that you still have a relationship with, with, with those individuals. The building is alive. Obviously, the, the franchise has had good moments and has had down moments, and there are times in the down moments when the arena is quiet. Uh, how rewarding is that to see it where the place is packed, tickets are high demand, as an example, I'm sure it is going to be a place to be tomorrow night when the Lakers are in town. Well, it'll be a place to be when the Lakers are in town just because they're the Lakers. But what I see is that uh, we do have a sell of crowds, I think, for every game so far. Therefore, you have a a large attendance, and it's very noisy. And I think it really uh, feeds on the players. The players are playing well, but I think it just encourages them to keep up the difficult part on defense that they're doing well, just because the crowd's behind them. I mean, when they do something uh, really good defensively, the crowd un- seems to understand that now and and collapse and and appreciate it. And I think that's very supportive of the players to continue that effort in the next uh, you know couple plays. Rudy Gobert is playing. Fantastic basketball right now. He would probably be unanimous defensive player of the year if the award was voted on now. Obviously, this season has a long ways to go. Last year, Rudy was hurt. Rudy wasn't effect, wasn't as effective. Now, he was later in the year. And obviously, the organization took a big risk in giving up a number of draft choices. Were there times last year where you just honestly wondered if the if the organization had given up too much, or were you fairly patient, feeling like this wasn't just a one year situation, it was a, a a multi-year look at Gobert? Well, I'd like to say both of your your options are correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be honest with you if I I'm a basketball fan, so when Rudy was struggling and stuff like that, you know, I questioned what in the world did we do here. But uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, I talked to the coach, I talked to Tim, and they said, just be patient. We think we know what we're doing. Uh, Be patient with us, and uh, we think you're going to see good results. And therefore, I did have patience. What can you tell us about the last part of the sale with uh, Mark and Alex? Is that on schedule to happen, and are you convinced that they will have the money to close the deal? Well, I all I can go on is that uh, I've asked them that, are you guys ready? And they say they have the money, and that's what they have to do. Uh, they haven't uh, done anything officially yet, but I think what will happen is I'll get a letter before the end of the year 
stating from them that they are going to go ahead with the transaction in within the next 90 days. And I'll probably agree to that. We'll pick some mutual date that we agree upon, and then I assume they're going to do the deal. Uh, and uh, but I don't have any personal knowledge of what they're where they're getting the money and how they're getting the money or anything like that. I've just asked them, are you prepared? And they said, yes. So they have not reached out in any way for an extension as of now. No, but they'll do that just because now it's December and I know they're not ready. Um, and they'll do it before the end of the year. I okay. just, they will. Is, is there any part of you that when they ask for the latest extension, and then it's 90 days where you're tempted to say, okay, we've had extensions before. This is it. It's time to show if you have the money or not. No, I will I know what I'll do. They asked for an extension the last time, and I agreed with it. There's no reason I won't do it again. Have you thought about what it's going to be like when you are no longer the majority owner of this team? Yes, I've thought about it, and I'm and Becky and I talk about it. I'm comfortable that very little will change. Um, you know, we the seats that I have uh, right down on the, the floor, I buy those. I don't take them because I'm the owner. I pay for them like anybody else, and I've had them, and I suspect that I'll keep them. Uh, I think that uh, as far as people are very gracious to me and and friendly and stuff like that and pretty much what they say and you know, we really appreciate you're the guy that kept the timberwolves in minnesota i don't think that's going to change i think people will always respect that and appreciate that they'll see us at the game and and i think they'll say the same thing uh what i don't i won't have to do is do the budget and do <laughs> all of those yeah. things that's okay. I'm willing to give that up because I spend a lot of time on that, and Becky and I will have more free time to, to enjoy other pleasurable things. Glenn Taylor is with us. It's 45 past 2. Chad Hartman here on CCO. You obviously have, uh, throughout owning this team at different times, have had groups approach you. You've had talks that were legit. Other times you said, no, this isn't the right time. And this was different with Mark and Alex. If if they wouldn't have stepped forward and the team is playing the way it's playing and the NBA is flourishing in the ways it is, would you want to sell the team at this point? Well, that's a good question. Um, as far as liking it, enjoying it, they play better and they're playing so well, I probably would want to keep them in and enjoy that for longer. I do enjoy that. But remember what I said when I accepted their offer. I looked at my age and uh, thought that I have to plan for a transition here. And I made that decision, and I thought that was best for the team and the community to help with that transition so it's orderly and and it would work out. And um, so, you know, I, I – I would go back and forth on that uh, type of stuff. I made it. I'm comfortable with the decision I made. But you're saying if it was today, I might make a different decision. I want to get to your charitable giving because this is a, a, 
an idea that I think absolutely is worth drawing attention to. But I want to ask you this about the NBA. You've been board of governors. You've been involved as an owner for a long time. What's the best part about the league right now? And what part of the league gives you a pause in any way? Well, I think the best part of the league is that I look at a lot of the young people that are coming out after only a year or so in college, but are coming out play that they're really very good at being at 19 years of age. And uh, most of them are very good young men. And I would uh, that are coming out. And I think that's really important because it wasn't always that way. We, we had a time when we were having uh, problems. We've got a couple of players right now that are causing the league some problems, but as a whole, I'm really uh, proud of the, the players. I think the, that the, the thing is that concerns me and stuff like this here is all, always uh, can we keep the teams competitive? This year we're keeping them competitive. In other words, there isn't somebody that's won every game and stuff like that. And uh, there was a time when it was New York and L.A., and it sure looked like uh, they were the favorite teams. Uh, I don't see that now, and I hope they keep it that way. Let's talk about your decision to use the farms and the extensive amount of farms you have, valued at $172 million, and use that to, to seed charitable giving. Why, why did you feel like that was the right direction to go? Well, uh, I purchased those farms uh, because uh, individuals um, asked me if I would buy the land because they couldn't afford to do it, but their fathers or they had farmed the farm for 60 years and stuff like that, and they wanted to keep it. And so they asked me if I would um, purchase it rather than uh, them having to sell it and give the government part of the money and and uh, lo- lose the land. So I went ahead and started to buy land and went into partnership with that beginning. It was always partnership 50, 50. We did a 50, 50 planted the crops and harvest the crops and split everything 50, 50 when, when we first started. And so I thought I was helping people to stay on the farm, to do something they like. I like farming because I grew up in it and, and that's how we got started in it. So I've kind of promised those families that as long as they take care of the land and farm it wisely, I'll let them keep keep the the farm. Well, if if I didn't do anything, I passed away. The government would step in sure. and want half the money. Yep. Uh, and I'd be forced to sell it. So I have to give half of it to the government, and and I that's not my <laughs> political beliefs that that I want to uh, give the money to the government. So by giving it to a, a charitable, in this case, three charitable contributions or uh, organizations, I can let those people keep farming it, and they will pay rent for farming it. It will go to the charitable organizations. They, in turn, will take that money to help good causes. In this particular case, because I... I made the money off of land in Minnesota and Iowa. I'm saying the money should go, charitable should go to smaller communities 
in Iowa and Minnesota that need help. And But I'm not really defining exactly what the charitable would be. So I have a, a committee of people that are experienced in this area running that to help us uh, select what what might be helpful. Now, I'll just give you some examples that uh, that organizations come to us. Daycare in itself, in a lot of times, small communities is a... Really difficult. Very, very difficult, very expensive. So we've had some organizations, and in this case, it's always been women that have come to me and said, would you help pay for part of it so that we can set up a daycare center for people in this community and stuff like that? So that's one. I had a community that needed a fire truck, and they said, you know, the fire truck was so expensive. They did buy a used one, but it was so expensive. Would I pay for half of it if, if they could get the community to do that? Um, we're working on a couple now where they just want a, a, a recreational area for kids um, to play in and stuff. And the school district says, if you'll help set it up, we'll administer it in the future and stuff like that. So there's just a lot of things out there that we can help small communities be better communities um, for their citizens. And and I want to give back. And I'm saying, you know, I've made the money off the land. I'd just soon give it to those that are associated closely with that land. I'm glad you're doing it. Bravo to you. That is going to help a lot of people. Always appreciate you coming on. Uh, Continue great success with the team, and I'm sure I'll pass across sometime soon. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Glenn Taylor. It's 53 past 2 on CCM. I I went long with uh, Glenn Taylor. I went long with Pablo. Jason DeRush is here. I just would like to thank uh, Brad Lane, the program director, for the $10,000 gift card I received from Amazon. you re- you got to turn Jason's mic on there. You received the same gift, right? Yeah, $10,000. $10,000. I mean, not as much as my wife got as a bonus from her job this year. Wow. Yeah. Banking. Okay, maybe it's a hundred dollars. Maybe it's a hundred dollars. But it's I, 10, I, you know, I could, there was a decimal point. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I'm going to add in the decimal. Point. Yeah, we've already talked too long. We'll talk about canopy in a second. All right, hit the thing. Chad, do you have any questions left in the tank after all these long interviews today? Uh, have you had a vasectomy? Yes. Yeah, I did too. Love it. <clears throat> you, Great. You loved it. Uh, yeah, like, it was fine. It was fine. Did you plan it around a television event? I did no, the 2007 no. U.S. Open. I guess why not? I bet if you took text right now, men who I, like sports, yeah. Which sporting event? Well, there's did you always plan? there's something every weekend. You could always say you did it around a sporting event. U.S. Open. I just like. I mean, my wife had the burden of child uh, of birth control. Yeah, and then it was something I could do. So you consider and, when women bring children mm, into the world, mm, it's a burden. I think. Yeah. Hell yes. Put Chris, can we put that on the Twitter machine? And wow. if I now can cheat without any fear. Which what is about nuts. that as a segment? Think about that. Who is Jason cheating with this week? Call in. Yeah. We'll take some Could calls. we sponsor Who's it? Who's calling? What Instagram model? Yes. Who's to say? Don't leave any texts. <laughs> God. Just, this just, is the worst. I'd like to apologize to the listeners, to Kyle, and to the canopygroup.com.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 